was like, hey, you know, did you ever speak to the seller? And she was like, yeah, your offer got to set that. I was getting ready to call you right now. I was like, perfect. Welcome to this video, guys. I'm sitting down here, uh, sitting down on Zoom here with Savion. And Savion is in the Kansas City market, a fairly new wholesaler in the business, doing deals in your backyard. Correct, Savion? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So I'm excited to talk to you about this deal. Now you've done a handful of deals. So let's start with your journey. Tell us a little bit about how you got started, how long ago it was, and where you're at today. So I started looking up, you know, I wanted to make money. You know, I was working my nine to five and I was like, man, I really want to make some more money. I feel like I'm worth more. You know, my time is worth more doing something else. So I look on YouTube, you know, real estate because it always interests me. So I looked on YouTube, you know, ways to get into real estate with you no know, money. And your video popped up. It was like <laughs> Jared knowing it was like how to wholesale. And I'm like, wholesale? What is that? Who was wholesaling real estate? So I looked into it, watched your video. I'm like, this kind of sounds like a scam. So I was like, I'm probably not going <laughs> to do this. But then, you know, I was like, you know, everyone else is doing it. So, and no one else is getting in trouble. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. So what I started doing was, I think it was like, I think I started about nine months ago. I started my, nine months ago. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. So I started, you know, watching your videos. I watched about two months worth of videos and then started taking action. And so when you started taking action, what did that look like? Who, who did you start to call? You were doing on market, correct? Yes, I was doing agent outreach. That's my okay. marketing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're calling agents and and you're and you decided to do right there in your backyard, Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from when you picked up the phone, how did that go? What was that process like? So yeah, um, what I would do is I'll pick up the phone and I really didn't want to go for the the deals that were like active on, on the MLS. I kind of wanted to, you know, somehow get the ones that the pocket listings. That's what I was going for because mm -hmm. I really want to provide value to my buyers by providing them, you know, you know, potential, you know, deal that's before it hits the market. So, yeah, I would pick up the phone and I would say, hey, look, my name is Savion. I'm a, you know, investor here in the KC metro area. I'm looking to do some more fix and flip buying holes. Do you have anything at the moment? And uh, they'll tell you, you know, yeah, I have something and da, 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 and I'll look at it and play. Well, um, I've seen that one, but I'm very I'm wanting to know if you have any coming up in your pipeline. Do you have any coming on the MLS soon that, you know, can be a good investor opportunity for me? And and then they want to work with you. They're very they're serious. They're like, oh yeah, I have one coming on one two three Main Street in two weeks. That's when you get the address, run some numbers, and you can provide value to the agent by you know potentially closing before it hits the market. Um, yeah, so. yeah. So guys, guys, this is a great strategy here. Where like what I tend to do, what I like to do is uh, call on actives as soon as they come active. Then when I call the agent, we're talking about a property. We we make the offer. But that's not the only way to do on market with agents. What what Savion's talking about here is just contacting local agents in your market and having that conversation, trying to letting them know who you are, what you're doing, what you're looking for. And the idea here is if you talk to enough agents, you're going to catch one of them that's got a, a pre-listing, right? So they've met with the seller. Sellers agreed to list the property. Usually there's a little bit of a lag time um, where like from when the seller says yes, they, they, there's some things to do. They got to get it. They got to get the descriptions. They got to get the pictures. They got to get it up in the MLS. And oftentimes in between that window is where if you've got that relationship and they know about you, then they can bring you these distressed properties before they're listed. What it looks like is the agent's going to say back to Savion say, or back to the seller. I'm sorry. They're going to say, Hey, I know we're getting ready to list this property on Friday. I've got a cash buyer investor, Savion, and he's willing to take a look at this property. He's willing to give us a cash offer. 
Do we want to entertain his offer and not even go public, not even list it? And oftentimes sellers are relieved. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, let's get the deal done and not go public, not have showings, not have inspections, not have buyer's agents. Sometimes a sellers, if, if they get their number, they're happy to do that. So that's kind of the idea there with, and that's called a pocket listing is before it gets listed. So that's a very powerful strategy. Not only that, but a lot of times agents will have sellers that, um, that they know want to sell they haven't quite made a commitment to list it. The agents even may be unsure if they want to list it because they know it's going to be a lot of work, but they know about it. So then when, when Savion calls them up and says, hey, I'm looking for a deal, they're like, oh, well, I know a seller that I talked to a month ago that was looking to sell. I never took on the listing, but let me call them back and see if they're still interested. Let me see if I can make a connection here. And then that agent will still try to bridge you know, seller and cash buyer and, and get a commission out of the deal that way. So there's multiple ways that this can go by contacting agents in your market. So awesome strategy, Savion. So tell us what happened. You started doing these calls and making these connections. How long after you started calling until you got your first deal? I would say about four or three months around that area. Three or four girl. months. So you put yeah. in some work, you put in some effort. Yeah. I did, man. I was I was grinding, grinding, grinding because I joined a couple of communities um, and uh, I seen everybody. I hop in there and everyone's on a phone call and I'm like, oh, this is so much. This is like this is motivation right here. So yeah. I just had to pick up the phone. I made some mistakes, but as I kept calling, I learned. So, yeah, I love that uh, you didn't give up. I mean, a lot of the calls, I, a lot of the interviews I do, not a lot of them, but some of them, it's like, yeah, my first call or yeah, two weeks in, I got my first deal. And that's really encouraging. And it's also discouraging for some people who are, who are, who it took a lot longer, you know, right. and there is no, there is no right or wrong. It doesn't mean if it took you three or four months or six months or whatever, that necessarily you were doing something wrong. Sometimes it's just timing, mm -hmm. but no matter what it is, whether it's right away or it takes a little bit, at some point in time, you're going to hit the wall. You're going to hit a lull. You're going to get a deal right away. And then you might do a hundred calls before you can get another mm -hmm. deal. Like that's just life. That's just yep. the business. You got to be okay with that. You got to know that every call could be your next deal or it mm -hmm. could not be your next deal. Are you going to quit early? Or are you going to stick it out? Are you going to put in the work? Are you going to do what it takes? And like you, if you stick it out, you'll get that deal. Just be mm -hmm. persistent. Yep. Love that. So three, four months in, you're grinding, you're calling. What, and then you got this first deal. Now, this was probably now what, six months ago or so? Yeah, it was It was two months ago. Okay, so two deal. months ago, got your first deal. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. I got my first deal about, yeah, about four months ago. It was yeah, four okay. months ago. But then you started getting momentum and that's what yeah. I love because then you did another deal and then another deal and you just closed in, you know, from this recording a month ago, was that no, deal number three? Is that right? Four. 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 Yes. Okay. So yes. look how cool that is. Three mm -hmm. or four months to get your first deal, but then it was kind of like boom, boom, boom. You you hit yeah. some a stride a little bit, right? Yeah. And why is that? Why do you think you hit a stride? What what do you think you're doing that kind of made it so that you're getting deals regularly now? Uh honestly, not procrastinating, keep people with the phone, keep calling. But what it really is, like you got to take action. I, what I, that's what I've learned. Like if you're not taking action, you're losing. So I have this mindset where if I'm not calling, someone else is calling. So I keep calling. <laughs> and uh, but basically, this agent, um, I'm not gonna say her name, but she's keep bringing, she keeps feeding me deals. She's like my lethal at this point. Yeah. So it's kind of how many deals. deals from the same agent? 
Two, two, two. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is what's going to happen. This is why agents and on market is such is so powerful. Unlike direct to seller, which is one and done, agents can can keep bringing deals, and every agent is at some point in time in the future is probably going to sit down with a distressed seller and have another lead for you. So that's why it's such a powerful strategy. So then let's talk about your most recent deal in December. Tell us about this deal. How'd you find it? And, uh, and, and a little bit about the deal. So, yeah, I, so I closed the deal in November. It was November 1st. I was, I closed the deal November 1st and, uh, that was 7,800. I was like, okay, I got it. My biggest deal. Let's go for a 10 K plus. So I was calling, I was calling, I was calling. And the same agent that gave me that deal, I'm like, Hey, look, it's been three weeks and she's like the top investor agent in my market. So I try to stay on her side as like an investor. So I called her and said, Hey, look, it's been three weeks. You know, like I'm looking to buy some, something else. Well, you know, what do you got? You know? And she's like, uh, actually I have something coming up in a week. And she was like, I can give you a lockbox and, uh, it's on a lockbox at the moment. And you know, it needs some work. And she let me know how much work it needed. And uh, I'm like, okay, let me run some numbers on it. And let me, let me see what I can do. Ran some numbers on it. Airbnb was like 190. And, um, I, I, she went, the seller wanted 67,500 for the deal. And I was like, okay, that's a deal, you know, but I want to get lower. So I, you know, I called her up and say, hey, look, I can make this work. Can we do 6,000 flat? And she was like, I don't think it's going to motivate her to, you know, sell it to you now instead of put on the market and get a higher wow. number. So I was like, hmm. And it was, this was risky, but it was such a good deal. And I knew it was a good deal. And I knew I had a buyers for it. I was like, okay, what if I do 2,500 NARI from earnest money? Would that, you know, encourage her? She was like, yeah, let me think about it. So she called me up a couple hours later. She's like, I was like, hey, you know, did you ever speak to the seller? And she was like, yeah, your offer got to set that. I was getting ready to call you right now. I was like, perfect. So that's nice. kind of how it worked. Let's talk about that. So oftentimes we think that the only negotiating tool we have is price. Mm -hmm. But it's not. So there's other things like the closing date, their earnest money and contingencies, contingencies. If you have contingencies in your contract, it's great because it gives you a way out. If you need to, it gives you an opportunity to mm -hmm. do more due diligence, gives you an opportunity to renegotiate. But if you feel super confident in your deal and you waive contingencies, which is what you did, you made your yeah. earnest money non-refundable. Yes. And you gave a good earnest money. Twenty five hundred is a good earnest money. That can then be a, a really powerful negotiating tool. Uh, yeah. I'll do that all the time. I'll, I'll come in and I'll say, I'll give you 5,000, 10,000 earnest money. I'll waive contingencies. I'll close quicker. I'll use terms to mm -hmm. negotiate a better price or to hold on to, to the price I want, which is exactly what you did. Amazing strategy. Good for you. Love that. Because you got your deal at 60. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you were confident in your deal. You were confident in the number. Don't do this if you're not confident in your deal. Yeah, because yeah. If you wouldn't have been confident and you would have had a bad number and now you have a twenty five hundred dollar non-refundable earnest mm -hmm. money and you can't find a buyer, you would lose your twenty five hundred bucks. Exactly. So you got to know what you're doing and be confident in what you're doing. So, you know, that's awesome. Guys, leave a comment. And say, Savion, you are a flipping genius. I mean, that's a really powerful. That's like a that's like a black hat strategy right there to do that. You know, it's a, it's a, that's a really cool technique. So, um, okay. So you got it at 60. Mm -hmm. Then, then what happened? <clears throat> so once I got it at 60, I was like, no way I got this at 60. So 
I went ahead and I got a contract, went in there and got some photos and uh, it needed about 50 grand in work, about 45 grand in work. Okay. Um, and so I'm like, but it's in a great neighborhood, you know, not on a busy road. It was a nice enclosed neighborhood. So I started marking out the cash buyers. Um, I have about three cash buyers that I really do deals with over and over. So, yeah. um, but I have a lot of them, but it's, a, it's like a, um, about three of them that I really target. And uh, the first guy, uh, his name is John. The first guy that I called was John. And I gave it to him. I said, hey, look, this, this is what we know. What I'm asking, I was asking 73000 I was asking, no, 75000 at first. Uh-huh. But he offered me 73000 And I was like, hey, look, could you do, you know, 75? And he was like, no, but I can do 73. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And that was the first buyer. And I'm like, dang, first buyer offered me, offered me like 13000 over? I'm like, yeah. wow, this is good. So yeah, yeah. I called some other buyers and uh, they also were like, I can give you 70 k I'm like, okay. So at this point, I was like, okay, who can close faster? You know, because I know my, I know the agent really wanted to close. We had a two week closing. So it wasn't really, it was a pretty good closing, but I knew one of my buyers can close in two weeks and I knew he would buy yeah. it. So uh, my buyer, you know, I said, hey, look, let's do, can you close in two weeks if I, you know, do 13? And he was like, yeah, I can, I can close in two weeks. I'm like, perfect. So I just signed it to him at that point. Nice. That's awesome. So $13,000 assignment. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Love that. That is so cool. Yeah. One thing I like that you are doing here is you've got some go-to cash buyers. Yeah. So, you know, those that's in, in 2023 and, and, you know, beyond probably, well, forever, it's always this way, but it's really important to have good relationships with your cash buyers and to keep nurturing and building those relationships because there's less of them today. So you want to make sure that you're really bringing deals that fit what they're looking for so that way they keep buying from you, right? And and yeah. they can trust you and they can know that you're going to keep bringing them good deals. So good job on that end. You know, keep building that list, keep getting more of those good cash buyers in your market. But uh, but man, I, I love this story. A $13,000 assignment fee. Do you mind me asking, Savian, how old are you? I'm 19. 19. I mean, yeah. Where, wh- how many other 19-year-olds do you know making that kind of money? Right. Not very many. Yeah, not really. But I mean, I'm in this group called REI Revolution on Discord. And it's a lot of young guys in there doing really well in there. Good. And uh, um, it, it, it's, it's but, I, you know, in my hometown, I don't know any of the 19 that are really doing it. I'm not even trying to sound cocky, but I just had to put my head down and grind because I really yeah. wanted success, you know? Yeah. What's next for you? What are you hoping to do now? So now I'm looking to do a couple more wholesale deals and I'm looking to start my first buy and hold or uh, fix and flip. I have enough capital to do a fix and flip, but I really want to be a buy and hold investor. So I'm looking to, you know, scale and do my first. I want to buy a triplex. That's my first. Mm -hmm. I want to buy a triplex. I know that's cash flow. Um, So I'm looking to do my first triplex deal, hopefully in the summertime. By then I have my first triplex. So nice. Good for you. Well, keep working hard. Is there anything, any advice you'd give somebody that's brand new working on their first deal? What advice could you give them? Take action. I think taking action is key. You know, you can learn so much information, but if you're not taking action, then what do you, you know, you're not really doing much. So I would say, you know, learn some information, but pick up that phone, like, and and you're going to learn from mistakes. Start calling, start taking action because, you know, you will learn from mistakes and eventually you will get a deal. You just got to keep calling. Great advice. Love that. Guys, if you haven't, be sure to leave a comment, say, Savion, you are a flipping genius. And Savion, thank you again for your time, for sharing your story. You're such a motivation. I, I love to hear uh, how you got started and 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 how you got your first deal. And in this case now, multiple deals, because 
it's one thing when people watching uh, my channel and my videos, it's easy to think, oh, well, yeah, Jerry, you've been doing it a long time. Of course you could do it. Mm -hmm. But when they see a 19 year old go out and do it. Yeah. It's very inspiring. So thank you for being willing to share that story. Oh yeah, no problem. I appreciate you for having me on the podcast. I've been I've been wanting to talk to you. I've been watching you the whole entire time. So it was uh, great to be on here and speak with you, man. It was amazing. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for taking the time. Awesome. All right, guys, if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll see you on the next video.